on the road ones. Nah, for real. Let's just go ahead and get started with episode three, people. I'm not gonna do that. This isn't Law and Order. This isn't anything like that. Yes, Brandon, you have a question? I, I ain't say nothing, bro. I'm just getting started. You just getting started? What's to get started here? We starting the podcast, clearly. Oh, okay. What you? Okay. All right. How you feeling? Brandon? What's going on with you? You know, I'm feeling good as always. Got the hoodie on deck. My boy Brandon came in dress code per usual. Mm-hmm. Once again, you failed to meet the uh, status quo, Josiah. But we're gonna let it slide for one more week. It's ninety degrees. You it's got one more here. week before you end up on state your issue. <laughs> right. Don't do this to me, bro. But y'all already know what this is. We're the rogues here. As always, you know, look at our recent stuff. Look at our last videos. I mean, well, not videos, but y'all know audio, podcast. Go ahead, listen to it. Spotify, all that. So let's go ahead and get started. Brandon, kick us off. Yo, so I don't know how y'all weekends. Matter of fact, I do know how y'all weekends went. Well, I know how Chris's weekend went because he was out here lit. (laughs) 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 But I don't know. This weekend, I took a trip down to St. Louis University, and I participated in this Jack Daniels art beats and lyrics like uh, exhibition, and it was dope. Like they had like a lot of artists down there doing stuff. Uh, They had like a lot of uh, art, like you know. For the public to you know look at or not and of course it was sponsored by jack daniels so you know alcohol was on deck your boy got drinks while looking at art i feel like i'm in my old man bag now but it was lit like heard a lot of good uh, it was a lot of music playing obviously that's where the music and beats lyrics come from and i don't know it was, it was a dope experience i do like because I, I think they travel all over the world like live or either you see the all over the world, all over the Midwest. I forgot what the what the speaker said, but I feel like it's something that uh you know people will enjoy because I know they travel like to Tennessee recently and this this was their last stop. So anybody look it up, just call Jack Daniels Art Beats and Lyrics. It's a dope event. I feel like everybody should go to. But and into, uh, you said what? I was say I looked at your snap. It did look lit and it looked. Yeah. More- at some at certain points, it looked more like a concert than it was like an art event. I was like, oh. yeah, I couldn't figure out what it was at first. Facts. I was there with my homeboy Peyton, and like he he was the one that told me about it. Plus, he's a uh, he's in the animation himself. Mm-hmm. So like some of the pictures that I put up on my story, I, we can probably put some up on the Instagram page. Uh, people might have thought that those were like made like like photography. But it wasn't. It's like mixed media. So people, it's like almost doing a collage of different type of like, I guess, art within. It's like art within art. So I could take an idea from this picture, move it over here, and then add some different elements to it. It's, it was really, really dope. And uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, shout out to Jack Daniels. That was my first time having Jack Daniels, by the way. So if we can get that plug, you're. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in the, facts. in the world of music, yo, it's still it's getting slower and slower every week. I swear. Like when I tell you one project might drop a week that's important or relevant to me or to you know to the community, that's how it's gonna be till this year run out. But NBA YoungBoy got one, bro. I know we kind of discussed our opinions on NBA YoungBoy. How we don't really listen to his music like that. We probably just know going outside today, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but this man got a number one album, yo. I, hey, the hood got one. I ain't even mad at it. Like what? What Harley said? He said, "Excuse me, 
but I'm rooting for everybody that's black. And young boy got one, so I'm not even mad at that. This man sold like a hundred k in a week, his first week. His 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 fan base is all over the place. Young bro, this young boy really taking over right now. I haven't listened to the album yet. I ain't gonna fake it. I haven't either. Like it's hot right now because everyone's talking about it. Yeah, young boy is really aggressive for me. And I feel like I have yeah. to be in a certain anger space to listen to Youngboy on a consistent basis. Right. Or that. that man is definitely hurt. Like he has a lot of pain. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm with that all the time, 24-7. But I'm, his music is not bad, though. I will say that. When I do listen to Youngboy, I definitely uh, rock with his music. I never thought that there was going to be another like artist out of Louisiana like that. Like I thought Wayne was it. Nah. Youngboy, <laughs> Kevin Gates, it's... It's a it's a whole wave like slowly forming down there, but hey, I have listened to it. I might give it a listen to like eventually, cause you know I, I've listened to some of his stuff before. I got some of his stuff in my library, so I don't see why I won't listen to it. Uh, we want to have a, a round of applause right now for Gucci Man. This man been all over the media for various things, but this man has dropped a hundred and one projects. Facts. That if that's not hard work. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like he's he since his since his day one, he's dropped 101 projects. And like I said, I've been off on and off the Gucci bandwagon. Like I picked it up when So Icy came out. I was off of it till uh the state versus Roger Davis and you know, Lemonade and Gucci Time and <laughs> basically I, I, I it's like I pick up and then I drop off. When he went to prison, I didn't listen to much of his stuff. Um then he got out. Dropped a dropped that first day out song and I was like, okay, this man. Everybody talked about the clone, the clone uh, news and whatnot. <laughs> how the Gucci a clone, and you know, time fast forward 2019. This man dropped 101 projects and apparently he's quote unquote banned from the Breakfast Club. So I don't know, man. This Gucci been Gucci been on a ride and he's evolved a whole lot. So I appreciate him. He's he's definitely. One of my favorite entertainers. I'm not gonna say rappers, but he's definitely one of my favorite entertainers out of Atlanta of all time. Uh, shout out to Gucci. Underrated. Fact. Yeah. Like here, he he's a like if on a on a on a Mount Rushmore of Atlanta, he's definitely like the second. Cause I, I definitely put Outkast up there, Gucci Man's up there, Waka Flocka's up there. Um, shoot. And I want to say the Migos, but I don't know. Thug is starting to create a whole wave. Everybody want to sound like Thug, so that that's my current Atlanta Mount Rushmore for anything. But it's like, are the people that's following up after Young Thug are they necessarily good? No, not at all. <laughs> but but that's what's that's what's selling. That's fact. Like like look, I know who who is it? Look, he he got he got a song or two. I heard I heard a lot of good stuff about his music, and then everybody under that like Gunna's pretty good. Everybody like Gunna. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's it is what it is. It's a weird wave. Like the people that come up after Young Thug, or the mm-hmm. people that he put on afterwards. It's it's kind of a weird. It's a weird group. If you ask me. Hey, if it works, sure. it works. Yeah. Like, but we kind of discussed this during our first episode. Like nowadays, you only really gotta have talent. <laughs> to to sell records, you just gotta, gotta have, have antics behind you. You just have to have antics behind you, like uh, you gotta have a repetitive 
chorus that everybody can catch on to. What you saying? I say you got to have you a gimmick. It's a gimmick, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lastly, I don't know, Chris, I don't know if you hit, but the last episode of Wu-Tang American Saga came out last night, this morning, whatever you like. And I'm going to need a season two because it it just ended on a rough patch. Okay, not so much a rough patch, but it ended with, like, there's so much more that can be said. I don't want to drop because I don't know who you have any listeners that you know are watching it, but like there, like there's no, there's no way that this can't be a lead on to a second season just because like it's a it's a biopic story, so of course it can keep going on, and yeah, so I I definitely need a season two. I enjoyed season one a lot. Some episodes were kind of weird because I know they switched up directors after after so many episodes, mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely need season two. I got to finish it. I think I'm, I'm probably two episodes behind still. I got to mm. catch right up. I've been slacking yeah. off. Like, th- this, the show definitely made me listen to their music way more than I did before. Because before, all I knew, I knew, like, most of the stuff from Into the Wu-Tang, uh, 36 Chambers. Like, I knew, of course, everybody know Cream. I knew um, Protect Your Neck. I know a few others, but I really started listening to their stuff after, like when I started getting to the show. As you well, I can't say as you see, but your boy got his Wu Tang, you know, video. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that's pretty much what's been going on, man. Another slow week. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> all right. So clearly a week taken over by Guap and Young Boy. From there. But we're gonna keep the wheel rolling. We all know why we're here today with the NBA. We've been waiting a long time for the things that transpired on yesterday, so we might as well just jump in and talk about it. Opening night, NBA last night, first game, Pelicans-Raptors. You know, the Raptors had their championship banner ceremony, got their rings, they got their chips. Where where was Zion? Word to Bobby Supreme. (laughs) Where was Zion, though, man? I was was telling y'all. Um, I was telling y'all. <laughs> unfortunately, he's out six to eight weeks, unfortunately. But when he comes back, I do expect this man to look. I don't really have an expectation selling for Zion. I feel like he could definitely end up winning rookie of the year. But I don't feel like he has to do a lot to win rookie of the year. You know what I mean? Like, he already has the media hype behind him. Yeah. Like, he pretty much just got to have, like, a couple highlight plays every game. And if he's going to vote for that man for rookie of the year. But more of the story, Pelicans versus Raptors. Like I said, Raptors had their championship ceremony. But during the game, the Pelicans actually looked pretty good without Zion. They took the game to overtime, ended up losing overtime, I think, with 130 to 122 maybe. And it was basically just a story of the Raptors, you know, core players, Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet just having a day. I think both went off for 34 uh, I don't necessarily remember how many rebounds Siakam had. I definitely know he had double-digit rebounds, but they pretty much just turned up the court. So Raptors clearly had an open night, defended their home court on first night, undefeated. Raptors, they look better than what we expected. I kind of honestly had them losing the first game against the Pelicans. I don't know about y'all. Did y'all? Uh, uh, I didn't know Van Fleet was going to go off like that. <laughs> If I would have put that as protective, I probably would have said, yeah, they probably would have got him. And first off, the disrespect by the Pelicans for benching my boy Lonzo all fourth quarter. 
They need to stop playing my boy like he ain't no true guard in this league. But y'all did that too. Yes, we did. And that was the problem. That's why we were losing. <laughs> That's why we were so upset with Luke because Lonzo does not need to be sitting in closing minutes of the game. He brings too much defense. He's a great playmaker. He's too smart to be sitting on the floor in crunch time. But that shot, man. No, <laughs> if everybody, if everybody is like locked up and he's the one to take the shot, y'all not winning. He don't need no pull. No, that's not his position anyway. He shouldn't be in those positions. That's not what he's for. Mm-hmm. He's there to get the best play possible. If Lonzo's on the floor, you're probably gonna get the best play possible if you're using him as the ball handler to bring the ball up court. Okay. And he's an all-around guard. Like I said, play makes, defends, can rebound. So why is he not on the floor in the fourth quarter when you need all those things? Disrespectful. <laughs> they might as well send my boy back if they're gonna do that. That's no, not no. Happen, bro. no, no. We'll, we'll because Lakers clearly need a point guard yesterday. We'll take that man back. <laughs> but since I'm talking about the Lakers, we had the Battle of L.A. last night, round one, Clippers versus Lakers. Home game for the Clippers, but you know, Lakers always being rep no matter where they at. Even though it's the same building, Clippers probably home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. I thought they were going to come in there and had the home court advantage, but it was clearly a Lakers house last night if y'all didn't watch the game. But... Clippers end up getting a dub. Kawash showed up, showed out, had his 30 points. Lou Will balled out. I don't even remember how many points Lou Will had at the end of the day, but that man was definitely unguardable. AD, he lived up to the hype for me in his first game. Had about, what, 25? I think it was like eight rebounds, maybe nine rebounds. He lived up to the hype for me. Brian, he low-key let me down. Yeah, with 18, 89, pretty close to a triple-double. But still, the offensive effort for LeBron was pretty lackluster to me. His defensive effort was better than I've seen in recent times. But I guess let I'm gonna just talk yesterday up to Ring Rush for like LeBron, players like Dwight who hasn't played basketball in like maybe up to a year, maybe longer. So, more of the story. Lakers did look good. My boy Danny Draco. Danny Green, my favorite Laker right now. He deserves more respect. Who else on the team? Clippers. Do we think they're legit after last night? They gotta be. Man. I feel they're just legit because, like, I don't know. This, this obviously not the same Clippers team from last year. Um, because the the offense was heavily being like, of course, uh, Lewis was like the main offensive threat, and then you had you know um, Montrez and uh, Beverly on the like primarily on the defensive side. So I feel like this is about to just turn into. The Kawhi show, and you know, AMPG out for a minute. Yeah. Uh, he got to like November. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I feel like he's about to be the Kawhi show now. They almost the same thing that was going on in Toronto to a certain extent. The Clippers are just—they're a feisty team. They have a lot of—they have a lot of defense. I didn't expect them to have as much success as they did guarding. I mean, they didn't really have success guarding Anthony Davis, but I. I didn't expect him having the success that he did, at least on, on the attempt, like on the side of the sims that he missed, some of the double teams that they were doing, caught, forcing those turnovers. I didn't really expect the Clippers to be able to do that against the Lakers. But Lakers were a little bit shorthanded, but the Clippers were shorthanded too, so it's not really an excuse there. So I think going forward, the Lakers shouldn't really let LeBron run point. I don't think that's his strong suit anymore at this point of his career. He definitely needs to be banging down in the post or just 
doing some form of slashing. He, like I said, that's why we need my boy Lonzo. He can bring the ball down court. This is LeBron on the cut. Boom, easy layup. Right. We ain't got nobody like that right now. And we're expecting LeBron to do it until one of our point guards step up. But more of the story, the good of the good thing is NBA season's back. NBA season's in full effect. There's actually some games going on right now that I'm keeping the eye on. I'm in a fantasy basketball league with my cousins and a couple friends. I'm about to win that. You know what I mean? I think my team's up right now. Yes, we are. So good thing there. Well, the bad. Lonzo, we got to get you some more minutes in that fourth quarter. My boy needs his TikTok. Lakers, we got to get our, our issues together. Frank Vogel, we got to get KCP up out of there. We got to trade that man. He can't stay here. And the ugly. I don't think there was any ugly from this past, well, the past day of the first NBA games. So, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty enjoyable. It's two minutes left in this game with the Bulls versus the Hornets right now. Laurie Markin got 30 points. Oh, it's time yeah. game, so I'm going I'm to need this dub. <laughs> what y'all going to come to find out is they didn't get that dub. <laughs> oh, wow. It's wow. with the Bulls. But moving on, we got something to talk about. Apparently, Brock yeah. named his five tight ends recently. What top tight ends in the league? Josiah, do you remember who he said in particular order? Because I didn't see the list. Yeah, I was trying to bring it up a second ago. So pretty much he was saying that the top five tight ends in the league currently are Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Austin Hooper, uh, Andrews off of the Ravens, and then Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. Kind of surprising who's not on the list, Chris. I'm, I'm not stepping in this beef, Joe Slice. I'm not stepping in this beef. I'm just saying, man. He, <laughs> you can't bait me into this. You're going to have to say that one on your own. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Anyone who not, watch football, y'all know who's not on the list. Who's, who's not on the list, Joe Slice? Oh, I don't need to say it. They know. They know. Just no. say it. Zachary Ertz. <laughs> I have nothing against Zach Ertz. I think he definitely should have been on this list. But if the greatest tight end in history is saying he ain't on this list, I mean, well, there you go. I'm a little bit surprised that he actually put Hunter Henry on there. Like, I know Hunter Henry has the talent to be on there, but the fact that he literally just came back, like, a week ago. Yeah. I kind of thought he would have Darren Waller in there just because he has been tearing it up since week one. Yeah, see, apparently, because I watched a little bit of the interview, he was comparing him to Zach Ertz to get the fifth spot, but he gave it to Hunter Henry, I guess, just because, like, he's a better playmaker. That's the only reason. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the reason he's on the list. Hmm. I can see it. I rock with that list. I'm going to need my boy Austin Hooper to be like number two, though. You know what I'm saying? He is kind of the, the lead receiver on the Falcons, and that's kind of hard to do when you're on a team with Julio Jones. Thanks. Julio Jones. <laughs> Got something to say there, Brandon? <laughs> just, just not, just, just hype, hyped up, you know what I mean? What? Oh. oh. <laughs> we tagging Julio. We tagging Julio. Brandon, me disrespectful. What is he going to say to me? You never know. But like Chris said, he's the leading. You said, wait, wait, Chris, you said what? What did you say again? I said Hooper right now, basically the leading uh, receiver on the uh, Falcons. And that's hard to do. That should not. That yeah. should not be said. <laughs> like that should not be a thing. It can be a lot of people's faults for why he's leading. And, and the thing is, like I haven't even been talking about DeAndre Hopkins at all. What, what, what are we in week eight? Because mm-hmm. yeah. like they, 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 that office is still shaky. They don't really know what's going on. Uh, Will Fuller going in and out, every, like it's, it, there's no consistency. I'm not even talking about DeAndre Hopkins this season, just because he's been off. But 
Julio is still people's number ones, and it's like, yo, <laughs> what's going on? Julio got the respect, man. We seen what Julio can do. But what can what is he doing now for the people uh, of Atlanta? <laughs> for the people of Atlanta. Cause aren't they like one in what are they? Yeah. One in like one in six. six? Yeah. Yep. Last time I checked, that's bad. <laughs> Julio can't do everything. <laughs> he comes yeah, they, through. They, they, they do got a terrible defense. Hey man, Mama yeah, Sanu could. He could do everything. Not no more. He went with that boy now. What you mean, baby? Sanu? I'm saying not no more with that team. <laughs> oh, oh. We got that boy now. We about to see what he about to do. I just find it strange how like y'all traded him, and then today we get the news that Josh Gordon is out. They knew. I'm like, how? They knew. How'd they know? Chestnut checkers, Brandon. Chestnut checkers. Or Uno. I guess. <laughs> Come on, man. Anywho. <laughs> Oh, dude, should we talk about these NFL trade? Oh, yeah, we might as well. Since you know, ones, I guess. Yeah, we're yeah, pretty much Muhammad Sanu to the Patriots. Anyone didn't know if you're a Falcons fan and you're finding out through this, ha! y'all lost that boy. He on our team now. You should have did better when you had him. Anywho, like I was saying, you know, Muhammad Sanu got traded from the Falcons to the Patriots for a second round pick. Some say pay too much, some say they get it. Josiah, I know you're one of those ones that normally has an opinion on trades like that, especially when it comes to draft picks. So I would like to hear your two cents on that situation. I think it's a little bit high price for Muhammad Sanu, but at the same time, it's the Patriots trading for them, so it's a good deal because y'all don't use picks anyway. So I think it was an excellent deal for y'all. You know, I was saying the same thing, and I was like, our track record in the second round hasn't really been the greatest. Yeah, at least like, y'all just as bad as the Jets in the second round. So, I mean, yeah, y'all got a good deal for that. And he got a year and a half left on this contract. Yeah. I mean, he like, what, just 28, 29, something like that? Or is he like 30? I think he might be 30. <laughs> I mean, like, he's still getting another like three years out of him, especially on the Patriots. Julian Edelman, like almost 1,000. So, I mean, y- y'all could definitely get away with it. Chill. <laughs> hey, the Seahawks, we got us a corner, though. <laughs> we got us a corner from the Lions. Yes. Don't do that. I just said we got us a corner from the Lions. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. This is pretty decent. <laughs> Defense is pretty decent. It's with Quandre Diggs. Oh, yeah, yeah. safety corner. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Good. <laughs> he was a great team captain. They traded oh, them, man. I don't get it. I know Darius Slate was mad. Yeah. He's, like, he tweeted it out. He tweeted his frustration. It, it don't make no sense. He was the team captain. They said, you know what? Mm. We traded you. Huh? You got to do what you got to do, Brady. Shout out to the team. I mean. Yes. MVP, MVP Russ. Let's not let's not play games. MVP Russ. Let me think about that. I mean, it's, it's possible right now. He putting up them numbers. I ain't gonna fake. I ain't gonna hold nice. Russ. I, I don't have nothing to hold against Russell Wilson no more. He gave he gave me a Super Bowl. <laughs> Brandon didn't catch my drip. I heard it. I'm just not acknowledging it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we also had Emmanuel Sanders get traded to the 49ers. So, Jimmy G potentially has him a number one target now. We've seen the 49ers undefeated this season. And they've been doing that without a true, like, actual legit wide receiver. Um, they got Marquise Goodwin. He's been non-existent this year. Dante Pettis, who people thought would probably have a breakout year this year, has clearly not lived up to the hype. So, now... 
Forty nine. It's the Kittle show. It's right. the George Kittle show. Kittle, as always. A two headed monster at the well, technically three headed monster. Three, you're right. Yeah, three headed monster at the running back core, and now you add in Emmanuel Sanders to the fold along with a solid quarterback like Jimmy G. So, and the defense. Yeah, don't forget the defense. Yeah, defense is nice this year. So what we what we thinking about these Forty ers now? Um, I feel like they're gonna be they gonna get shown up soon by somebody. I don't know. I don't really know the schedule like that. Let me look at it real quick. Yeah, just going off of what Brandon said, you know, they definitely gonna get showed up eventually. I don't think they're gonna have a perfect season just because like that defense has been holding it down for them. It's not really been the offense. Manuel mm-hmm. Sanders is a great trade, but I don't think that's enough to you know to stay undefeated. But they definitely still can have a good season. I need the Forty Nineers to hurry up and lose. Uh-huh. I can yeah. I can see them I can see them like prevailing for a minute probably until they go against maybe the Packers which is week what uh, eleven oh so yeah like what, three more weeks of success yeah because they got they got Browns Rams Redskins Panthers Cardinals Seahawks we could win the that Rams one honestly revived. the Rams look revived ever since Jalen Ramsey looked a little bit different just a little bit I don't know man. I don't know. That offense is still oh, well, yeah, it's more so Todd. It's more so just Todd Gurley, bro. I just don't trust that man. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what that man. Oh no. I just need the 49ers to lose because well, if you if anyone follows me on Twitter, well Brandon, if you've been following on Twitter, I've been six week long battle with Trayvon of this undefeated team thing. And I've been posting like Obi Wan versus Anakin Gibbs to like describe the fight. And right now no one's winning the fight. And I'm really need the 49ers to lose because I'm really looking forward to the day I can finally post a gift for when Anakin, I mean, when Darth Vader kills Ben Kenobi. That's my goal at the end. But so, I don't know. Bro. What if you lose first? What you gonna post? Uh, <laughs> Obi on the high ground. Yeah, Trevon said he's gonna post Obi Wan on the high ground, cutting yeah. off. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Come on, bro. And then, and then they make it to the Super Bowl. You gotta post the uh, the Vader when he was, you know. Are rising up. <laughs> That's only right. It's gonna be a signal by itself. We if, we make two, if we make the two bowl and we see the 49ers, we fold in them. That's factual. That's my take right now. We fold in them. Three plus touchdowns. That's gonna be factual. That's gonna be Brady's first bowl out Super Bowl. And it's gonna be his last because he's retiring right after. He deserves it. He deserves it. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 starting, and I'm a I'm I respect Brady with the utmost, but I'm I'm kind of kind of ready for a change. I've been telling y'all this for the last four years. It's time for a change, people. Y'all had y'all chance from the time of 2005 all the way to 2014. Y'all had y'all chance. Y'all really did. We let y'all have y'all moments. He's not and wrong. now we're we here to now. So just because y'all teams didn't capitalize doing all down years, don't mean we got to hold back now. Okay. But anyways, moving on, quick pointer. Earlier today, I saw the whole opposed talking about the greatest quarterback tight end duos and just some of the ones that they named, you know, Brady Gronkowski, Romo Whitten, Rivers Gates, Elway Sharp, Payman and Dallas Clark. And you know, if you know, if you guys can think of any of those off the top of your head, feel free. My question here to the party. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add in Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham to that mix. But ask question for the party. When it comes to quarterback tight end duos, I won't say top five because I feel like you can fit all of them into your top five. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go yeah, best all time or if you can't think of a uh, definitely top one, just your top three. Well, I can say this one with great confidence. Brady and Gronk. Oh yeah. <laughs> best ever. Nothing mm-hmm. beats with that. <laughs> I'm gonna just be that guy and play devil's advocate and y'all know, everybody knows. Yes, I'm a Seahawks fan, but I'm also a Philip uh, also a Philip River fan. Okay, I see what you're going with this. So I'm gonna go Phillip Rivers and and uh, Antonio Gates, man. That's fair. That's my favorite. I just want to say I would definitely go say an argument can be made for Philip and Antonio, but they spent so long on the same team. So I think I'm a like most of the clout that comes from that duo is literally just because it was together from pretty much beginning to end, like literally beginning to end. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and with someone like a Brady and Gronk would necessarily where Brady was in the league well before Gronk even stepped foot in the league, and then you know mix up with a kind of like Gronkowski, and then y'all still do what y'all did. That's what makes you put them at the number one because like that literally wasn't even your day one target. Like this is just a man y'all found one day. Right. And can you even say that for everyone else on the target? Uh, Romo Witten. Uh, I'm not even really familiar with how that duo the, worked. The majority grew up with each other. Yeah, I think they came yeah. at the same time. Yeah, so Brady and Gronk, like, yeah, you just met along the road, clearly took the lead by storm. You won three rings. Gronk at one point most dominant tight end in the league. So I think you got to give it to the number one, but I definitely give the honorable mention to Phillip Rivers and uh, Antonio Gates after that. Yeah, I think they deserve it. Well, most men give it to Peyton Man and Dallas Clark. Ugh. I'd never even consider it. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> And then Elway, Elway and Stark, I, I never really seen it, so I don't really know the impact of that duo. Mm-hmm. I, I really hate to say it, man, because I love Shannon Sharp, but it's just like, my guy. We we my hear guy. more about John Elway and, and Terrell Davis than we do about Sharp. Yeah, exactly. It's my point. It's just like Shannon Sharp, for real for me, is only like, for real, for real for me, is just the Ravens. That's the only Shannon Sharp I really recognize for real. And even on that team, I'm just like, bruh, it was the defense. But okay, we'll, we'll let you we'll let you live in the light. That's the only one we were able to remember when we were growing up. We don't remember Broncos. Yeah, I was Sharp. like, I don't know who that team is. Right. So no disrespect to Uncle Shannon. We just we just don't know. Yeah, before, before our time, man. We, we talk about what we know, and that's all we know. Yep. But anywho, that wraps up my sports segment for this week. Holla at your boy for more sports takes. I'm always with it. If you want to talk sports with me, you know where to find me on Twitter, see Duke Sandy. But we're going to move the show right along. We got a life question to talk about today. I, I don't even remember whose topic this was, so when you guys feel free to talk about it. Yes, sir. So I believe a while ago, it, took, it really took Twitter by storm. Uh, actress Gina Rodriguez was singing to a song. I believe she's... Is she Puerto Rican American? I forget what she where her descent is. Uh, I don't know. I, so she's definitely of Hispanic descent or whatever. Um, she was singing to, I believe it was, I, th- I believe it was uh, "Ready or Not" by the Fugees. Mm-hmm. She said it was a part of the song where she says like, uh, "I treat my enemies like a game of chess." Basically, she uses the N word. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she's not she she has no black in her at all or no African American descent in her at all, and she uses the word and you know everybody's going crazy about it. But 
I was kind of thinking like uh, we kind of had this discussion before. Do y'all what? Is, what is y'all stance on like people that are not of that culture or ilk using like racial slurs? Uh, I think when it comes to something like that, people pick and choose. They pick and choose like who they think is like who they should allow, who they don't allow to say mm-hmm. or, like slurs like that, or the N word. Mm-hmm. Like as we know, amongst our community, it's not social like it's socially acceptable. So right. like, we at all times say with these, but I feel like I'm I'm trying to find the right word. Yeah. Like we po- like people police it. Like we definitely police who can say it and who don't say it. Mm-hmm. But some people go around policing it as if they don't let certain like certain ethnic groups get away with saying it themselves. Right. Yeah. And when it comes to someone of uh, Latino descent, I think it comes down to. Like you said, like you said, you said she has no percentage of African American in her. So in that case, I feel like it's not okay. But we definitely seen in cases where there have been Latinos who do have African descent in them, who have been socially accepted to where they can say say the N word and everything like that. Or if they do say it, people are not up in arms about it, as if in this situation. And it kind of amazes me how fast people will go to find out if you're really like black or not if you say it. Cause like this blew up quick. Like right. she said it mm-hmm. within like hours or maybe a day that people had her whole like ethnicity like just looked up and everything like, oh, she's not black. So I think it just come down to being careful. You know, pretty much knowing what ethnicities lie within yourself. Know pretty much the type of crowd you're around. Knowing what's socially acceptable, what's not. If you want to, and by that I don't mean if you're hanging with a group that don't allow you to say it. Don't go saying it behind closed doors. Like, right? If you feel like you should, if you can't say it to uh, a public group, you probably shouldn't say it at all. Say it at all. Facts, facts, facts. So that's how I kind of feel about it. So get in where you fit in, pretty much, almost. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion on it to a certain extent, like, cause I got Dominican homies that have black in them. I got Dominican homies that don't have black in them. <laughs> but like some, uh, some say it. I, like, I, it's it's. I know. Like, even when, I remember when Six Nine was going on his tear, he went on the Breakfast Club and was like, "Who who gonna stop me from saying it?" And mm-hmm. nobody stopped him. So I'm, I don't know, man. It, like like you said, it depends, um, and it also depends on association. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, it always goes back to the point where essentially none of us should say it at all. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's never going to be a thing. Um. But my the the main crux of my argument is there has to be an understanding there, because I know like. A lot of white people say it or whatever, like say it around amongst their friends, especially this new generation. Like, it'd be a it'd be an interracial group of friends, and they'd be saying it like crazy. But they only I feel like most people want to say it just because it's cool. Like, cause you know most, most things black people do is looked at as cool. So that's one thing that's looked at as cool. But I got this from the uh, from the Everyday Struggle show I watched with Wayno. He said and like he said it so perfectly. He said. They want our cool, but they don't want our problems that come with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want, if, when it's time to be black, you better wear it like it's black. You know what I mean? Like, so you mm-hmm. better go through the same problems we do, but they don't want to face those problems. So, mm-hmm. that's why I say it. A, it depends on what what context they're using it, and if they truly understand, you know, everything behind the derogatory term, and like, you know, like I said, how it's being used. Mm-hmm. And I don't really get 
people act like they don't understand context nowadays. And I get in certain in certain scenarios, like there's still there's still a reason for anger, and there's still a reason to like cause like pretty much an uproar about it. But some people take like like my issue a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. There was my issue. Some people take things way too seriously. Not saying this is one of those things, but you could you're gifted with being able to put certain things in the context, and certain people just don't put just don't put stuff in the context. Mm-hmm. So. Although she's saying it, clearly she's not. She's clearly not saying it in the sense she's of. She's holding lyrics. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I'm, I'm, she's not saying it in the racist context. She's not a slave right. master or anything. She's singing lyrics. I mean, should she be more careful now? Yeah, like watch them all. Now that you that, right? People don't rock what you're saying. It then watch them all. It's a learning lesson. Now she goes back out and do it again. Then she should be pretty much crucified by the media or whatever. But right. in this instance, I feel like it was for all. She was pretty much in all innocence. Like, she didn't mean no harm by it. So, mm-hmm. I'm not really tweaking off her saying it. But it's just more of a, you know, a tap on the wrist and go about your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> that was a life lesson. Well, life question for today. I won't say a life lesson. But moving on, we have the State Your Issue. And for the first week and probably the only week ever, I don't have an issue. <laughs> My life is great right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, my only issue right now is that the Lakers have a loss, but it's game one. I can't really be too mad about that. But I know Josiah has an issue this week, so I'm going to let my man's win. Wait till next week, people. Chris will be back with an issue. Y'all know him. But you know uh, <laughs> my issue today whew, is mostly just because of barbers. Have you ever been to a barber shop sometimes and your barber wants to, like, go through his life problems? Maybe I should run through a quick little story. So I was at the barbershop today, you know, just walked in. And you ever had that moment when someone walked up to you is like, hey, man. And you know they're about to tell you a bad story that you don't want to listen to, but you got to be there for. That's kind of what happened for me today. So he was just telling me about basically in a short uh, little story, sentence or so that he broke up with his girl. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's terrible. And he was like, yeah. But, man, I really need some advice right now. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, man, ain't you like 40? Like, what what life experience can I give you? And he was like, yeah, man, I, I just I just need some advice. And I was like, all right, all right, man, as long as you're cutting my hair, let's just let's go ahead and get this on. My biggest issue with this is, like, sir, don't come to me with your problems. Like, I mean, I came here for a haircut, not to solve your life's greatest issues. Like, that's not what I was here for. After everything the barber does for you? I, I know. I, I know. I know, I'm sorry, but it's just like, bruh, I came to the barbershop to relax. I'm one of those people that walk to the barbershop, let's have a couple laughs, you know, watch the game, let's on, let's go ahead, watch the movie they have on the TV on the side. I'm here for that, you know, maybe take a nap in the seat. I'm, I'm, that's the type of person I am in the barbershop. But, like, when you talking in my ear and cutting my hair at the same time about your life problems, bro, like, don't come to me with this. Uh, I'm sorry. This, I can't. this man's number one mission is to make sure you're not out here looking raggedy. Right. And you can't listen to my man for 10 minutes. It, 10 minutes? It was almost an hour. Why are you getting your haircut for an hour? Because he was talking slowly. That's why, Chris. <laughs> this is why you don't oh. talk when you're getting your haircut. Concentrate oh. on the haircut. Man had me in the seat for oh. almost an hour, bro. You still think this is okay? Listen, man. He's done a lot for you in your lifetime. I feel like you can kick back some services when need be. I'm there for my barber. As kitchen cuts. I'm always shout out to, yeah, shout yeah, out to Amir. Kitchen cuts. That's not the barber I'm talking about, though. Shout <laughs> out to Amir. Facts. Same plug. Same plug right Facts. now. At, C, uh, at K-I-T-C-H-E-N-C-U-T. 
TZ. Kitchen Cuts, our boy Prince Tatum. Sandwich plug for the day. All right. All right, what would you say? It's just like, man, I just want to go to a barbershop, you know, and just relax. Just get a haircut and get out of there. I'm not trying to be there for an hour and listen to somebody else's problems. If he wants to throw me his problems, then, you know, shoot us a question on the podcast. You know, text me. He got my number. Call me up to go get some food or something or a drink. Like, we could do that. But, like, nah, man. I'm not doing it while we cutting my hair. Yes, yeah, I, I don't want my barber texting me <laughs> about his life problems. Then you want him to talk to you about his seat when you're sitting down in the seat? Is that what you want him to do it? I mean, you can talk to me in person. I mean, I'm already here. You might as well talk about something. For one hour. Uh, that's as long as it takes, man. Man, you a good one, Chris. <laughs> you a good you said yourself, we're here to solve life's greatest mysteries, Josiah. And you can't do that. This is long. one of the mysteries I don't want solved, Chris. <laughs> I want you to stay the mystery. But hey, man, I'm going to toss this over to Brandon. I know he got some issues on his chest today. So, Brandon, go ahead and tell us what's going on. For the first time in, like, three weeks, I finally got an issue to state, you know what I mean? Stating the situation, stating the culture. But my issue is with Kevin Feige, the super producer of Marvel Studios. He is now running everything that there is Marvel. He's running, obviously, the MCU, the animated TV shows, the um, the comic books, the live-action TV shows that are coming up, obviously. So... I don't know. I just don't want him to have control over everything because the last time we've seen a super producer like that have control over every department within the studio, they've la- they've shown lackluster attention to other things. So like we obviously want him to focus on the MCU because that's what he's been doing good for the past ten years. Mm-hmm. But with this news, I'm expecting it to not be that great just because he has all these other things to focus on. And also, the comic books, bro, you should not touch those. They are fine how they are. They've been changed so many times before to the point where there is noticeable. But, like, I feel like he's going to try to water it down and base everything off the MCU or, like, a, a, a alternate universe of the MCU, which mm-hmm. I'm not really cool with. Because they're starting to make the idea that the MCU is the main timeline or the, the, centri- the central timeline of Marvel. And I'm like, bro, no, don't do that. Because it's all, like like I said, it's cool because it's family friendly. It's a, it's a different outlook on what Marvel has been as far as comics for the past, shoot, almost 60, 80 years. Right. But this is going to, this, this, him being control over everything Marvel this is going to ruin things for, for the long run, honestly. And I kind of expected this because I said this a few episodes ago <laughs> that this transition might not be as smooth this is proof <laughs> that this transition is not going to be as smooth out of what we've already seen in the MCU. So, Brandon's against tyranny when it comes to TV and film, I see. Yeah, this, this ain't it, bro. It's not about the empire, bro. That's the only way I rule my empires. I told you Chris was going to switch up eventually. Hmm? I, said, I told you he was going to switch up eventually, remember? This what you mean? Switching up. Brain is on my side again. What? <laughs> Against the Empire, I told you, bro. Chris is not Kevin Feige, though. Close right. enough. What? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. Explain, sir. We got episodes for that. Welcome to State the Issue two weeks from now. We'll get to it. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll move on to TV and film then. Yeah. Well, since Brandon already kicked us off with TV and film a little bit, let me continue on with it. Some things that have been going on, if you guys haven't heard, is Black Adam will start production next year. And if you guys haven't seen any of the stuff, The Rock will be playing the main character. 
So how do we feel about this coming to DC? You think it's going to be a good movie? I don't rock with The Rock being in a superhero film. I can understand yeah. that. I feel like he's everywhere. It, yeah, exactly. He's in too many places at once, so it's going to kind of ruin it for me. Yeah. I'm all That's how it is for A-list. Mm-hmm. That's how it is for most A-list celebrities. Like, we don't want to see you in a role that you probably already played before <laughs> previously. The Rock always plays a superhero character. Always. See, and I think that's why most people like, you know, Rock with Tom Holland. Because this man literally came out of nowhere. Like, he was in barely anything before he came to Spider-Man. So I feel like that's yeah. the people we need to start casting. Like, you know, the no-name type of peoples. At least for now, because it's going to be more interesting that way. Because some of these people are just, you know, way too noticeable to be in these roles. Thanks. Or they just got like A list celebrities can go underground time. Yeah. Like what we were talking about with Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was the hottest thing when Twilight came out. But then we he's been in like not many A list movies yeah. since. Like in six so years. Yeah. It's, it's an appropriate time for him to come out with a rebrand. But like seeing, bro, like, just <laughs> the, rock is, just the Rock is in Jumanji. He's in Fast mm-hmm. and Furious. Bruh. <laughs> His bag is too big. He got to calm down. Let someone else. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> I literally see this man like once a week on something. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, I'm not really tripping because they, they said this whole idea of him being Black Adam has been in production for the past four years. Yeah, yeah. Bro. So, I mean, like, it's, it's already been, like, set in stone before, like, all this other stuff came out. But, I mean, still, like, for future reference to DC, Marvel, I mean, y'all should probably take notes. Right. I mean, it's a little too late for that because is Angelina Jolie about to be in uh, the Eternal movie? So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Hey, uh, <laughs> we write the script. We... They got time. Here we go. Continuing on, though, I know some of you guys had to sit through a painful, painful Jets and Patriots game to get to the Star Wars trailer, so I apologize for that. But well, the Star Wars trailer it. was lit. Facts. It was dope. It was lit. Chris, I know we were talking about this the other day when it came out. You want to start this one off? What is your thoughts on that trailer, man? Uh, yes. I want to see some faces. I'm tired of the symbolism. I mean, the trailer is dope. Don't get me wrong. I love the trailer. It got me excited for the movie. But I was kind of really hoping we would get just a peek SM maybe if Palpatine is actually there physically, I was hoping we would get at least like a peek of maybe what he looks like now. But they did show with his throne, and from the research I've done, uh, Star Wars theory, no one knows that this guy does YouTube videos, pretty much everything Star Wars. Uh, he posted a video pretty much explaining the the throne that they're using and the rise of Skywalker is from the concept design of uh, it was a concept design for Palpatine's throne room, I think from back in Return of the Jedi. So it's kind of cool that they're actually using that concept art now, all the way now, so you can just see how they're connecting. Just even from things like concept art and everything, that how they're connecting the past with the present, pretty much. Right. So I do like that. But I was just kind of hoping I could see, like, just a glimpse of Palpatine, maybe if it was just, like, a half a second cameo. I still really don't know what to expect from this movie, just from even watching all these trailers. That's been the thing with these new sequels. New set of uh, trilogies. Mm-hmm. Every trailer that they drop for every single movie, I never left that trailer with an idea of what was going on in the movie. What what could possibly be going on in the movie? You know. Yeah, and I, think, I think it's a good thing though. Exactly, yeah. that, that's a good thing. Yeah, I kind of don't want to know exactly what's coming for us yet, so it makes the surprise even better. But I was just kind of hoping because you remember like when Rogue One came out, and the whole kicker behind the Rogue One trailer was that like small smidget of a second at the end where Vader, like you saw the back of Vader's head 
And then when Jamal reminds about that, I was kind of hoping something like that would pop between in this trailer. I mean, you but saw like his did. fingertips. Yeah, but <laughs> nah, didn't do it. <laughs> didn't do it with Chief. <laughs> I need more. But yeah, it was a good trailer though. Mm. No, that part with CP three O saying he wants to see his friends one more time kind of got me, bro. Yeah, <laughs> kind of got me. <laughs> Bro. I was like, hey, yo. Stupid, <laughs> you about to get shut up. He about to get shut off, bro. It's just his time, bro. He's been here too long. He had been here since day one. But literally, literally day one. <laughs> literally day one. Man From the was sense always point. committed. <laughs> that man. Literally episode one, creation, all the way till now. They haven't upgraded his Microsoft Word in years, bro. It's time for him to go. <laughs> he got to go. Thanks. Yeah. You have any thoughts on it? Pretty much the thoughts she was giving out. I was kind of looking forward to seeing the Palpatine thing, like you were saying, but I wish they did, like, did give us a little glimpse of other things, but like we were saying before, you know, like, it's not a bad thing they didn't. But, you know, I just want to, I do want to kind of see what we do know that's coming at us, because we really don't know. Mm-hmm. I wish they at least, you know, teased a little bit more into what's going on with Ray during this movie. I kind of, that's the main focus of this, like, who is Ray? And I wish they kind of, like, gave us a little glimpse of, like, oh, maybe this is, but they didn't do that at all. So we really got to watch the movie to find out anything about Ray, to be honest, so. Facts. I was just about to say, I think the difference between this trilogy and the other trilogies, at least by the second movie in the other trilogy, we had a good idea of the direction they were heading. Yeah, like, you knew exactly what's going to happen, at least. But, like, you don't know what's happening with this, like. Yeah. Original trilogy, episode five, you find out Luke is Darth Vader's son. And so you go into episode six and you're like, okay, well, what's about to happen between his father-son relationship? Episode two, okay, Anakin's training. You clearly know Anakin's the chosen one. And then you see clearly the plot mm. the beginning of the downfall of the Jedi. So you're like, okay, we're going to this next episode. We're going to see it come full fruition and Anakin becomes Darth Vader. This movie, you're just like, we're still waiting for so many answers. Yeah, and it's been three and, movies of Rey, and we still know nothing about her. Yeah, I just... J.J. Abrams can pull it off, but I just think he has a lot of questions to answer in a small amount of time. I think it was all calculated. I think it was all calculated on purpose because, like, because, you know, in a sense with the original trilogy and then um, the prequel trilogy, we kind of already had a full understanding of who Anakin and Luke was from the beginning. Right. We just didn't know what path they were going on exactly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the mystery of uh, Ray's character, like, it's been so much build up, and people have been rooting for her, especially with the last one. I feel like that's all a part of the plot, or not so much a part of the plot. That's a part of her development, right. in a sense. So it's it's taking a what do I want to say? It's taking like a unorthodox approach of what they've been doing mm-hmm. because you know you don't want to keep doing the same routine over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I can so that that, that mystery or whatever is is probably it's thick. It's like taking in the plot. I feel like this might be one of the best. It's the only way to find mm-hmm. out. Coming December, we'll see. <sighs> if they completely drop the ball, I'm gonna be so mad. They they can't. They can't. Yes. Like they have to go out with the bang. Like they have to, or they're gonna have to make another movie because people ain't gonna stand for it. <laughs> they will not. I'm still all I'm still all for voting that the last Jedi should be discarded and remade. I'm about that. See, I don't mind the last Jedi. Like I watched it like a good like th- three four times, and then when I first saw it in theaters, I was like, eh. But as I watch it, continue to watch it, I'm like, okay, I kind of enjoy it. It really did nothing for the story though. Like the only thing we really learned in that movie is, oh, the Force does other things than just well, 
the regular force stuff. That's literally it. That's the biggest thing we learned the entire movie. So I, I would be okay with it being discarded low key. That I feel like the duality between Ray and and Kylo was a big part as well. Yeah, I mean, like you know, there, like we, like we got okay, like in the in in the in the what was it? What was the one before that called? The uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Like we kind of got an idea that they were connected, but we got like a confirmation they were connected in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I kind of enjoyed it a little bit, and now we're gonna see what that connection leads to in this new one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What it really so I, I I appreciated it more than it should. I still don't understand the relevance of Finn, and I I will, I will say that to the day I die. He's the quirky friend. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's what droids are for. Hey, every Batman needs a Robin. Never forget. I want your Robin that trash. This is Star Wars. <laughs> this is Star Wars, not DC nor Marvel. Come on, bro. It's a true statement. Never. My only problem, my main problem with the Last Jedi is, ever since I watched it the first time, I have never been able to watch it a second time. You just can't. Get but don't, okay, okay. I skip the freaking Obi Wan, Luke slash. Luke slash Ray training. I, I skip that every single time. That is just that is just too much of wasted energy and wasted time on screen. I don't not care about that at all. I don't even think he really annoying. got training during that time. It was like five minutes. It was just the the whole movie just took place in two like two to three areas. It was the, yeah. the, the training that was going on with Luke and Ray. Mm-hmm. That whole whack space battle that apparently I don't even know how many hours that space battle cover and then the end battle on crate. Yeah. Right. And the and the casino was only two seconds. Exactly. Maybe we just walk through there. So yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I just can't be able to get with it. Every time I try to watch The Last Jedi again, I fall asleep. Every time. I do not blame <laughs> you. I really don't. It's definitely not one of my favorites, I'll say that. I feel like I enjoy it more than The Force Awakens though. I haven't watched The Force Awakens again. Yeah, I'm about to say, I've only seen it twice. So essentially, this this trilogy is trash. This is what you think. It's just so many questions to this trilogy. Maybe after the third one comes out, I can rewatch the first two and they can maybe maybe appreciate it more. But like right now, I can't appreciate the first two yet. Yeah. I'm going to just keep asking the same questions and like, I just don't have the answer yet. It's going to bother me until I have the answer. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. Maybe I just don't have the answers yet. We'll see once I get the answers and I go back to this. Because I mean, when it came when it came to the prequel trilogy, I'm not like I was a big fan of the clone the, uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now I'm not I, like I'm not a fan of the first two anymore at all. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And and as far as the original trilogy, I don't care about four. Yeah. The way I tell people all the time, if you want to get into Star Wars, like if it's your first time ever watching Star Wars, just watch episodes three and six. And then if you decide you like it from there, then I say watch episode five. Then if you like episode five, then I say then watch episode two. And then if you like episode two, then you, you can watch the whole shebang. Because episode three, might as well. yeah. <laughs> three, three and five are my favorites. Yeah, I rock with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? No, I agree. Uh, Sounds good. Well, we should keep on going then. There's some other news we got coming out for you people. There's some streaming services that are going to be hitting the next, well, I guess the next year or two. Uh, we have the AMC streaming service. As y'all know, AMC, Walking Dead, pretty much their biggest thing right now. 
That's pretty much. No, no, exactly no, 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 no. This is the theaters, bro. Oh, this is the theaters. Yes, bro. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. I was like, how does this work? <laughs> oh my goodness! Wait a minute, Brand. You gotta yes. explain this. You gotta. Explain I got you. This. I got you, bro. Okay. So basically, AMC Theaters um, is making their own streaming services that is going to have two thousand films for everybody to watch. We don't know what we don't know what films these are going to be. We don't know who's going to be licensed by them, but just know they're not going to be new. So what? Yeah. Are they exclusive? It's unnecessary. Films? Huh? Are they exclusive films? No. Then why would I? Okay, I'm sorry. They're films that you can see at the theaters, and they're not like it's not like you can watch new movies from home or anything. It's just it's just two thousand films. They're just trying to compete with Disney Plus. But this doesn't make BG, any. But all of it, they're just. Yeah. AMC, I'm not sure who your president is, but you need to get rid of him. This is not the move. It <laughs> makes no sense at all. That's why I was confused when we, when I first looked at it. I'm like, how does like how does this work? What right? What movie rights do they have to put on their streaming services? This makes no sense at all. Okay, wow, that's that's a shocker to me. Okay, yeah. Well, there you go, people. If you want to waste money, <laughs> that's how you can waste money next year. Y'all know how to do it. Uh, the other so, streaming service is Quibi, and it's actually going to be just for phones if y'all haven't heard about this it's basically just going to be a streaming service just for your phone exclusive tv shows that you can only get on your phone i'm not exactly sure how that's going to work but apparently you can go to like 10 to 30 minute tv shows on your phone and you have to sit through one episode to get to the next one it's it's weird i'm not exactly sure it works yet exactly i think they're still working out the bugs but it's been a lot of money already put into it so Exclusive TV shows for your phone. Why yeah. don't I just watch you, it on TV? But you can't. It's only on your phone. It's for the people who like to be on the go, I guess. What's how are they going to market? How are they going to market those TV shows? See, like, that's, how that, are they going? How are they going to make me care? I, I don't know exactly how they're going to do that. That's the biggest thing. Like, are they going to say ads to our phones? I, I really don't know. I really don't know how they add in this, but that's what's coming out in, like the next year or two. So yeah, get ready for that one. Flop. Exactly. Right. So let's get to some topics people wanted us to cover. As y'all know, we get topics sent in to us, and we have a couple for y'all this week. So starting off, what is your thoughts on The Flash? Christopher Columbus. No. Uh, Do you want me to talk in terms of this season or just in the show, the state of the show in general? I think you can take this from any perspective. This question was just sent in like that. So. Uh, I feel everyone that knows me, I love The Flash. Actually. First off, side note story, I would like to say that I got put on to The Flash by a little kid who goes by the name of Noel, and I will forever appreciate her for this. The GOAT. <laughs> Noel's the GOAT for putting me on The Flash. But I think Flash is going pretty good. As a, a show as a whole, they had some bad seasons, just like every show would. i say season, what was season four? Was season four The Thinker? What? Yeah. Season five yeah. The Thinker, I thought. No, season five was uh, cause this is season six. Yeah, wasn't this yeah, so last season? Season five, season five was last season. That was Reverse Flash and Excess, and season oh, four yeah, was yeah, yeah. Uh, the Thinker. The Thinker season was a little, a little rocky for me, and I just, I think in certain aspects of the show, uh, it's. I don't know. It gave I'm us just, rough, bro. Season hmm? that season gave us rough though. 
yeah, Ralph is the GOAT. That's the only thing I did like about season four that it gave us Ralph. But it's just certain parts of the show that just made me look like, look, we don't even have to do all this. Barry could simply just do this and it'll be over with. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of got to remember, like, this is the alternate timeline, the CW Flash, and Barry's not as advanced as, you know, the Barry that we know in the comics and all that. So, like, basically he's still learning. So I yeah. get that. But anyway, fast forward. This season, so far, it's been pretty good. I like the direction that it's going. <clears throat> I like how this season you're seeing more of Iris as a journalist and a reporter than just a a wife and a side character along Team Flash because I never really understood how her role got as important as it did in Team Flash outside of the fact that she's Barry's wife. But the fact that she's out here running the computers, knowing all the scientific terms, I'm like, she definitely shouldn't be on the same like degree field as like Barry, Caitlin, and Cisco. No, definitely. <laughs> so I'm just kind of confused on how she learned all that. I mean, she it's possible. I just I just didn't. We never saw it on the show. It just happened out of nowhere. <laughs> they had to find some way to make her relevant, bro. Okay. Well, yeah, but the fact that you see Iris West in her correct journalist field doing her thing, I like that. I like the whole crisis uh, crossover that's coming up, everything leading up to it. That if you heard us talk about it before in earlier episodes, pretty much it's the whole shebang. It's mm-hmm. the Infinity War for the Arrowverse. So if you ain't tuned in, tune in. But Flash is good. I feel like these next couple episodes are going to be real crucial to the crisis story. Uh, my theory on the whole crisis thing is still that originally, you know, when the first crisis happened, Barry disappears because he's fighting Reverse Flash, and then the Reverse Flash runs back in time, kills Barry's mom, so essentially wiping that the present Barry out of existence, you know? Right. So that's what I feel happened with him there. But we're going to see. I got my theories lined up. Still a great show. Love it. If you haven't watched it, it comes on every Tuesday at 8 Central. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Flash right now. I don't know about you. Uh, pretty much the same thoughts you just happened to be honest. Uh, one of my theories is with the crisis thing is, like, you know, Barry was the lightning bolt that hit himself. If y'all haven't seen anything that's going on with the Flash, it's like, if he doesn't die here, then how does that still happen? So, <clears throat> I kind of want to see how they're going to go with this, because I'm not exactly sure how that works, but it could be interesting to see. But yeah, Chris pretty much answered everything for y'all for that question. So, moving on. The Bulls on. lost by one. Ooh, I told y'all. You <laughs> the premonition came to The Bulls lost by one, bro. <laughs> what did I tell y'all, people? <laughs> what did I tell y'all? Well, it's okay, Brandon. At least you already knew. <laughs> well, continuing on with the questions. What Jedi had the worst death? Huh. Worst death. I got to really think in the bag right now because off my first instinct, I want to say Ayla Secura had the worst death and she was the one in episode three where she's walking on the jungle planet with her troopers. Then next thing you know, all her troopers up the tool, load their weapon and just blast on her and continue continuously blast her even after to the point she's dead. And I felt that one. I was like, that that was cold-blooded. That crossed the line. They didn't have to do that. That was it. That hit me more than the younglings dying. Like when the younglings dying, I was like, mm, "Okay, <laughs> wow." <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna make it. It was that movie. I was like, "I mean, all right. I mean, it's like Michael know. Jordan right now. It wasn't no Jedi Master or nothing like." <laughs> Don't do that. You sound like Michael Jordan right now. Don't do that. Hey, you're <laughs> But when Ayla died, I was like, "Oh man." That, 
Mm-mm. It was just the overkill that did it for me on that one. That was one of the most like overkill deaths I've ever seen on Star Wars. Like they really shot her up. If y'all ever never seen like the TV show, they 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 shot her up like continuously. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me though, I would have to say it got to be Mace Windu because <laughs> the worst deaths are always betrayal, and that one was heartless. What Anakin did, cutting off his arms before letting him fall out a window to his death. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have got betrayed if he would have took Anakin from the jump. Maybe she just took Anakin out. That's what I'm starting to think. Y'all would have a safer place. All he had to do was trust my mans. And look where it got him. Not trusting Anakin got him killed. And Anakin not trusting Mace also got him killed. So, hey. Because Mace, Mace was wrong. Mm. <laughs> what about you, Brandon? You got a death? Bro, I'm going to say Qui-Gon just because he's the one that was hip on Anakin and got everybody else hip on Anakin. If it wasn't for him, there would be no Anakin. <laughs> like, it is, so it's more like, okay, he died kind of, man. But it's, it's his impact. Man. It really set the tone. I don't think he died kind of eh. I think an eh death was more like Obi-Wan. That was an eh death. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, him and Yoda was eh. <laughs> That's the exact reaction I had when they died. Yoda's was yeah. more like about time, because this man literally been alive for like a thousand years. So like, <laughs> I've been waiting for him to kick it since like day one. Wow. I, I definitely feel that Qui-Gon wasn't, though, because he definitely had an impact on the story even after death. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I wish he would have got a little bit more screen time. Maybe they killed him off in uh, episode two to make it, you know, more juicy. Yeah. <laughs> so I it can be character. the, so it can be him, Obi-Wan, and, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. I would love to see that. I feel like that, I feel like that trio would have been kind of nice. Yeah. Hey, maybe they if I want to get technical, the death of Anakin Skywalker was the saddest Jedi death. Which time? <laughs> All right, what's the next question? <laughs> Which time? Why you do like that, bro? Because you feel too much sympathy about those who fall to the dark side, Chris. Right. <laughs> like it's actually a bad. Man. Anakin was a victim. Was he? I feel like yeah. he created victims. Oh my goodness. I tell this to people every time, bro. He if was already clouding my beard. If someone came up to you and said, Hey bro, either either your wife let's see let's use wife, since the movie uses wife, your wife gonna die. And they got solid proof that your wife is gonna die. And you know that she's gonna die, and they say they can help you. And what they saying legit sounds right. But it didn't help them at all. She still died. It made yeah, things like, worse. Yeah, in the end, but I'm saying in the moment time, you're thinking of it because you already saw the end result. You're like, okay, it was really a waste of time, which it was in the end. But in that moment, it's like he doing what he, he did, what he, had, he felt he had to do. Maybe if he stuck to his training, he wouldn't know everything was going to be okay. If the he was stuck to his training, the Jedi would have banished him for getting married in the first place. Nah, but the, you know the what? Death the, of Anakin as a, the death of Anakin as a Jedi was symbolic. <laughs> right before his eyes turned red, that was his death as a Jedi. It Bad. never happened. <laughs> it never happened. Bro, I'm telling you, if someone came to you with solid facts and they gave you a plan of how you could possibly save them, you would consider, if not at least do, you would consider don't executing the plan that they give you. Sure, consider. Hey, Anakin, you gotta, you tell the hey, plan Anakin. Hey, Anakin, you got to kill these kids, bro. In order to, <laughs> that sounds terrible. He had to get stronger in the dark side, bro. <laughs> they really don't believe that. Really dark side is fueled by rage and pain. <laughs> he needed as much rage as possible. That's terrible. 
Well, the next question on the list is the CW making too many superhero shows? I'm guessing this question was sent in by someone who watched Batwoman, I assume. Mm. I'm not sure, but uh, are they making too many superhero shows? No, it's uh, their niche. Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel like they are. I feel like once they get to a point where they start doing like extra TV shows, like uh, heroes you don't necessarily. I mean, they kind of always been doing heroes we haven't really cared about because they really made an audience for the Green Arrow because not a lot of people really rock with the Green Arrow Green prior Arrow, to Arrow. Black Lightning, yeah, low key heroes. Yeah, so I like mean, they definitely paid the way for certain yeah. people. Yeah, like it's, the canary, well, the canaries. People are hip to those uh, to them because of Arrow and all that. Mm-hmm. But I was saying. My original point was, I feel like if they start branching off and doing, like, stories that people don't really care about, I was going to say it could kind of maybe get out of hand then. But it probably still could, because Arrow, considering what Arrow started with and how and what it's become, you can definitely tell Arrow was a trial run. Yeah. Like, at first. And since it has some sense, like, okay, we can keep doing this. But I feel like if they were to go that direction now and chose a hero where no one really cared about, then it probably will flop. It's not going to have the same effect as Arrow did. Mm. I feel right? like it's even a. I feel like it's even above that because, like you know, obviously C- CW is just a, a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. Yeah. And what difference between what they're doing with the live action shows and what they've been doing for the past what twenty years when it comes to animated shows? It's the same thing. Yeah, I'm gonna say mm-hmm. this is definitely so, CW's thing. Right. Yeah. So like, no, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. They can keep pushing these out. I mean, the fact that all these shows. Have, are in, like pretty much in the same universe. I can see how uh, crowded, complaint, yeah, the crowd, how crowded the universe is getting and everything. But yeah, like I said, we got this whole crisis events coming up, so yeah. it's gonna get crowded anyway. I feel like we, we as people forget that we don't have to watch everything if we don't want to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. like it's true. <laughs> you're not permitted. Like I said, like, I'm going straight to Batwoman. I'm I am not watching <laughs> Flash anytime soon or Arrow anytime soon. <laughs> you missing the best mm-hmm. ones though, but I, I understand. Hey. I understand though. I was seeing a lot of catch up on. We said you I mean, be rock. I was no. I was saying like if if like maybe if something if an element or uh, something that happens in Batwoman like <laughs> maybe makes me want to watch it, then I will. But mm. it's 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 put out. It's not put out like episodically when it comes to everything else so I, I'm but with, with that I'm saying it's like okay they should all ma- just make it one thing if you have to watch it yeah. mm-hmm. so yeah that I'm just I'm just tapping into my freedom and not <laughs> okay fair fair where did y'all go that's that question the last question we got for y'all today what worst superhero power you ever heard or seen shrinking that's a trash power I feel like shrinking can be useful though. Why? It saved the world. Yeah. Mm, no. It did shrinking. save the world. It shrinking. saved the world from a whole bomb threat, bro. Shrinking is trash. So yours is shrinking. What about you, Brandon? Um, Mr. Fantastic is part of the greatest, one of the greatest superhero teams of all time. But what is shrinking gonna help you with? Come on, bro. When you got the remote on the other side of the room and you don't want to get up and get it. Fast. Right. That's just laziness. You got an itch on your back. You got to scratch it. It's a lot of things, bro. It's useful. Laziness is the worst. Is is worse than kryptonite, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> he uses his powers decently. That what y'all said could be done by anybody if they're not lazy. Give me something that's actually manageable to do. Come on, man. Come on, bro. Don't do that. 
can turn your body into a parachute. Exactly. You can get a parachute. Hey, everyone can afford parachutes, my guy. Come on now. They're superheroes. They don't have a damn salary. What the heck? <laughs> hey, superheroes definitely be broke. <laughs> like, I never yeah, understand how they're portrayed as like somebody. Let's simple like Bruce Wayne, but they're definitely like portrayed as people that got like a solid living. Like you're definitely broke if you're just being a fool. They're person. regular people. <laughs> Man, looking out here poor. That's why they really be stressed. I think for me though, the worst superhero power I ever heard of was actually a real superhero. Her name is Squirrel Girl. I just learned about her. She's a Marvel superhero, hey, and that hey, might be the dumbest hey. thing I've ever heard, bro. Hey, she she put on the Infinity Gauntlet before. I know. I, I heard that, bro. And I was like, this is the so dumbest power. So I can't even like, I can't even hate on her. Her powers <laughs> is she talks to squirrels, can communicate with squirrels, and has squirrel-like abilities. What the hell is a squirrel-like ability? It's pretty useful to me. I mean, Running you want to see squirrels? Can be pretty clutch. I don't think it can be. I really don't. Hey, man. Out of all the animals that be in danger, you never hear about a squirrel. You know why? Because they're, they're smart. usually dead. No. Because <laughs> they get out that jam. Hey, man. As long as it's not a raccoon. I remember the raccoon story from back in high school. Like some rough things. With oh, them. my God. <laughs> That's the story for another day, though. Chris, I want you to get us out of here today. Oh, yeah, we back. I feel like I became the official outro man or something. Yeah, I got lazy with my job. Oh, wow. That's how it's like about. But you know, your boy back here to pick up Josiah's end of the bargain again. Oh. <laughs> nah. So, wrapping up this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. The Rose are always here. We'll forever be here. If you're looking for us, you can find us on the IG at Rogue1's underscore podcast. You can follow your boy on Twitter at CDukeSanity. Josiah on Instagram at Josiah352. Brandon, like once again, I never remember your socials, but. <laughs> Brando, okay, Brando618 underscore on Twitter, underscore Brando618. Somebody said, you, you got to get up. I, I gotta make it a personal mission to remember your social. I got you next week. Anyways, this show, listen to us on Apple, Podomatic, Spotify, Podbean, all that. We love the support. Keep bringing the questions. Keep bringing the topics. We're gonna talk about it. It's been another good one. It's your boy Duke signing out. Your boy Brando. Your boy Josiah. And we are the Rogues. Cripping from a different point of view. We don't see the same.